Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of Fixin' to Talk Sports. I am your host, Ryan Brown. And today I have Dan Sadik back in the full DS. How we doing? Doing well, Ryan. Doing well. Ready to ready to roll here with some more what ifs. True. We are picking up where we left off. We had some scheduling conflicts that kind of precluded us from finishing up our ver- version two part whatever we're on of our what if <laughs> se- series. I think we're on part part. I, I don't. I, what did we even agree to? I, I don't know. I, I don't know what we're calling it. Uh, somewhere around there yeah I, I think we're calling it like part two v3 or v2 part <laughs> three i i don't know what, what i'll figure it out uh but we've got some more what if scenarios here for you in this episode we're gonna be football centric specifically with the new england patriots so let's get cracking on those shall we so our first what if scenario, Dan, is gonna be focused around basically the origin story of Bill Belichick joining the New England Patriots. Okay. As many of us know, Bill Belichick had accepted the position of head coach with the New York Jets back in I think it was two thousand. And, or 1999, I think it was 2000. And that was with Bill Parcells basically retiring as the head coach of the Jets. He had already tabbed Belichick as his, uh, as the man who would follow him up. And Belichick just didn't like that Parcells was going to retain all the front office power. He was, even though he was done head coaching, he was going to be the GM and basically front office guru for the Jets and still run the day-to-day operations. And so Belichick would only oversee the on-field stuff. And I guess that's just not what Belichick wanted. So let's let's kind of let's kind of officially set the table here on this what if. So to set the table. Both the Patriots and the Jets were coming off eight and eight seasons in 1999 with Bill Parcells retiring from coaching the Jets, as I said, but he retained his GM role. Then for the Patriots, a name you may be familiar with, Pete Carroll was fired after the 1999 season as head coach of the New England Patriots. So both teams move on from their head coaches, but Bill Belichick had been tabbed as Parcells' successor. That's the word I was looking for earlier. And was immediately handed the job upon Parcells retiring. But with the Patriots opening, Belichick saw a chance to run the show completely on his own for for more or less in New England, which prompted his resignation at his introductory press conference to the position of head coach with the New York Jets which just was, I imagine, was the wildest thing ever at the time. The guy is literally being introduced as a head coach for one team and basically announces, actually, 
I'm resigning and I want to go do join this team, which is absurd. Now, it wasn't so simple as just saying what he wanted to do. After Belichick tried and failed to void his contract, Bill Parcells worked out a trade to satisfy new Jets owner Woody Johnson in order to make both parties happy. So, basically, the Patriots sent a 2000 first-round pick, a 2001 fourth-round pick, and a 2001 seventh-round pick for Bill Belichick, a 2001 fifth-rounder, and a 2002 seventh-rounder. So basically, the moral of the story here is that Bill Belichick equated to the year 2000 first-round draft pick. And so the Belichick gets what he wants. He gets to become the head coach, the man, all in control of everything in New England. And the Jets get a first-round draft pick out of it, and they are able to move on from the situation where their coach doesn't even want to be there anymore. Now, obviously, Bill Belichick would go on to draft a QB by the name of, you know who, Tom Goat Brady in the 2000 draft after what would be his lone losing season in New England before going on to, of course, win six Super Bowls, nine AFC Conference Championships, 17 AFC East Division Crowns, and 31 playoff games. The Jets, meanwhile, Dan, they only mustered one AFC East division title, six playoff appearances in the years that have followed. So, Dan, with all that being said, what if Belichick just didn't resign as head coach of the Jets? What if he stayed? Well... It is just such a loaded, loaded question. I mean, <laughs> where do I even begin? Like, there's a lot to pick through there with that. You know, people, if you don't think of Belichick's tenure with the Pats, the only other tenures you could possibly think of are his head coaching, you know, sort of uh, roller coaster slash failure with the Browns. And prior, prior to that, um, you know, being uh d coordinator with you know the giants you know back in their big you know sort of heyday of uh being you know defensively dominant um i will say this i don't know like if you can loop in brady in terms of being um you know tied to belichick like does belichick also then draft brady right still Mm -hmm. with with the jets now I think that the Jets ownership overall, and they've proven this over the last, you know, 20 years. Um, I think they've been, you know, proven to be pretty incompetent overall. I, I don't think that's like a stretch to, to say. So it's hard, you know, to imagine Belichick having a tenure with the Jets, like he did with the Patriots, because I believe Bob Kraft also has a role, not saying, uh, equal role as Brady or Belichick, obviously. But Bob Kraft allowed for, you know, Belichick to have free reign, you know, sort of just do what you want. You get to pick the groceries, all that stuff, blah, 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 blah. 
You got to run the show, like you said, Ryan. And that's what he wanted. But obviously, if he stays, has some success with the Jets, then they potentially give him those powers of, you know, picking the groceries or, or what have you and all that. And I do think Belichick would have a pretty good uh, level of success with the Jets. I don't think the Browns was like a, you know, like a, a potential trend that was going to happen and that he just got lucky um, with Brady. I think it's a little bit more nuanced than that because um, Brady wasn't Brady right away. We all know that. Um, and coaching had to play a part in that. But, you know, Belichick leaves. Uh, I'm sorry, stays with the Jets. The Patriots do not become, in my mind, the dynasty that they become because, you know, I believe Belichick had a hand in picking Brady there uh, w- with the Pats. And you don't, the odds of that happening without Belichick there, I think, you know, aren't very high. And even if it does happen, I don't think you have the coach and the sort of culture that was established uh, during those early years that you could have had without Belichick. Um, Without him, you just, you don't have that other half, you, you know, and Brady, I just don't think becomes what he became. Obviously he deserves so much credit, but Belichick, I think, you know, gets some as well. So, yeah, I don't know if you see, you know, Tom Brady being the GOAT. Maybe we're, I think we're probably still talking about Joe Montana being like the GOAT. How many Super Bowls, you know, Ryan, did it take Brady to win before people finally were like, all right, all right, we get it. You're you're the best. Like, it was mm-hmm. like, not until like he won his like fourth or fifth where people were finally, because they held the Giants losses against him so hard. Um, but yeah, I think to like sort of wrap up my point, I think the Jets become a moderately successful team. Belichick probably has a solid tenure there. His greatness that we know today probably doesn't come to fruition the same way it did, obviously. Um, and the same thing with Brady, even if the Pats still took Brady there, you know, I think he still becomes a very, very good quarterback. But to the extent that we saw, no way. And I think that's like, for me, the definitive thing is you, you would see sort of in a way what we're seeing right now um, with the two being separated, but Brady being where he is already now is able to win without Bill and Bill's having a little bit of a harder time. But I think what you're seeing right now um, is sort of like what I would imagine, you know, a pretty successful Brady, um, nothing crazy. And the same thing with Belichick, like they would be very good, but they would not be, you know, the untouchable, like, you know, sort of godlike figures that we know them to be today. Um, and the Patriots would not be, uh, where they are now. And that also has a big ripple effect too, on the rest of say, like the revs, right. The crafts on the revs. I know mm-hmm. we're sort of, we're going off the rails a bit there, but it's just sort of the ripple effect, right, of the yeah. greatness of the Patriots. So. Mm-hmm. Now, I totally agree with both of your takes there on both Belichick, Brady, the Jets, and the Patriots. Uh, I think if Belichick had stayed in New York, it's definitely a safe to say he would have brought 
much more success to the Jets than what they've seen without him in Mm -hmm. the following 22 years. No doubt in my mind. But I totally agree with you in that it would have been somewhat like the years that the Patriots have had since Brady left where they're experimenting with a a transitional quarterback and a guy like Cam Newton, or they're trying to bring along a rookie quarterback kind of like Mac Jones and the win loss record is, is inconsistent. It fluctuates. Maybe they make it to the playoffs this year, but then they don't this year, you know, it's like there would just be a lot more inconsistencies and they wouldn't be anywhere near the dominant level that of play that they had enjoyed with Belichick Brady together in New England with all the elite talent that they were able to get to bring in. Like if you don't like if you don't for the Patriots, right? If if they don't get their man for the job, they probably don't draft a quarterback in the 2000 draft, most likely. Yeah. I know it's the seventh rounder, and you, you can always take a stab on the dark out of position. Uh, so who's to say that they, do, they don't go on and, and still take Brady like you, you kind of alluded to? But I have to think that my guess would be that if, if Belichick's not in town, because they had literally just extended and gave Drew Bledsoe the bag, I think what was like 10, 10 years, oh. 100 million which was like the the richest contract at the time in NFL history. Uh, I don't think they draft a quarterback there. I think Belichick kind of came in and was like, Bledsoe's good, but I don't think he's that great. And so he said, well, let me just take a stab on a guy that, you know, had some success at the college level. I think, you know, four-year quarterback at, at Michigan, that speaks for itself. Maybe uh, maybe we can see what we got there, but I don't know if 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 another coach or another if, if uh, another coaching staff front office would have would have done that. So when Bledsoe gets hurt in two thousand and one, they don't really have anyone. That they, they don't have anyone to replace Bledsoe when he nearly gets murdered on a football field by uh what's that jet the jets linebacker yeah september of 2001 i forget his name but you can kiss that championship run in 2001 that brady seemingly led them on like that doesn't happen and then bledsoe in uh 2001 in the playoffs the afc championship game brady gets knocked out bledsoe comes back in and has like that one shining last moment where he bails him out, but then Brady gets to play in the Super Bowl and they win that, and that puts them kind of on the map. That never happens. So that, that's you, know, you right? Uh, yeah. So that that doesn't happen. Now, will would does that mean that none of the Super Bowl trips or none of the Super Bowl championships that followed? Does that mean that they just go poof? I I'm not gonna say that for sure. Like I don't I'm not gonna say that for certain. But I think that there's no way the Patriots go to nine Super Bowls in 18 years. 
if if that 2001 run doesn't happen. I feel like 2001 just set the table. It it established Brady as a winner and somebody who could lead a team to a championship. Yeah, 2002, they kind of came back down to earth, but then they circled the wagons, got the band going again. 2003, they make the run, win it all. 2004, they go back to back. And now it's like, oh, shit. We might have a dynasty in our hand. <laughs> and now it's just like there's just these expectations. And now there's there's this bar that that the Patriots and, and Brady and Belichick have to have to reach on a on a season by season basis going forward. But now you've got guys that want to come and play because you've proven that your organization can and will get the job done and win championships, which was not which was literally Nothing that that the Patriots as an organization could say beforehand. Yeah, they had made a, a pair of Super Bowls before, but they kind of lost handily to both the Bears and the Packers in those two prior appearances. So they 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 had shown that they were somewhat capable of getting there every once in a in a blue moon, but they had never won the big one. And then so if if Brady doesn't do that for them. If Brady and Belichick aren't able to do that, I don't think the Patriots are anywhere near the organization, and I think that's kind of obvious. Now, to circle back to the Jets' perspective, so Belichick stays in New in New York. Obviously, the Jets are no longer a dumpster fire. Belichick, I think, makes that work. I think he turns that organization around. I think he builds them into a playoff contender. I don't know if he necessarily is able to get them to championship contender but i will say this parcells in those early years most likely would still have been in control of the football operations as the gm for the foreseeable future so if belichick stays there's got there there's a chance there's some friction between them two because belichick wants the whole he wants to control everything you said it yourself, DS. He, he wants all the – he wants to control that grocery cart. He wants to control <laughs> that credit card. He wants to control everything that goes into his shopping cart. Yep. But if Bill Parcells is still there, which he most likely would have been, then it's possible that there would have been some friction there and there would have been some conflict, some tension, and – Perhaps Belichick doesn't last that long or Woody Johnson has to choose between Bill Parcells or Bill Belichick. And I'm pretty sure you and I would agree on this one. If that ever came to fruition, kind of like how uh, in the present day, you've got, you had a, a situation for a long time. I know it just got resolved today of all days, but with, <laughs> Kevin Durant in the Nets front office where Durant basically said, it's me or it's them. Yeah. And for the longest time, everyone just assumed, oh, well, they're not going to blow up their entire coaching staff and front office for one player. So Durant's getting traded. Well, that didn't work out. And Durant apparently worked out things and they plan on coexisting. But I don't know. If that if it were between Belichick and Parcells, I don't know if there's a 
yeah, we'll we'll figure this out together thing because that's two old men who both want total control of their entire team and neither of which have that. So I I think that at some point you would have seen uh you would have seen some some issues pop up and ultimately Woody Johnson probably elects to keep Parcells as his GM and find a head coach that they can work with. And then Belichick's out on the open market again. Maybe he, maybe it's inevitable that he joins the Patriots at some point in time. But I, I don't know. I don't think that's that's necessarily a guarantee. I just think that even if Belichick had stayed and tried to see it through in New York, I don't think it's a it's a guarantee that that he stays there for the same amount of tenure as he ended up doing and has done in new England. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's kind of where I stand on that. Yeah, no, I mean, you, you brought up a, a lot of great points. Uh, yeah. It, it's, it's crazy how it worked out. Like it, it, that's like why their accomplishments are so insane is because so many things had to break a certain way and that's just how it ended up going. I mean, like you even said, uh, I just wanted to touch real quick back on the, uh, you know, with Bledsoe yeah. and he has that moment in the AFC title game and Belichick is like, well, I'm going back to the kid. Like, you know, that the level of like balls that it takes is insane. Like to have that level of confidence in, in in Brady at that point in his career, like is is insane, and the the game winning drive, I mean, in that Super Bowl was beautiful. Like the the clip of John Madden calling it, he literally was like, before like as the drive was starting, was like, well, you know, they'd be lucky, you know, just to you know, waste the clock here and hope for overtime. And then they run down the field, Brady, check down, check down, boom, boom, Vinatieri field goal. You couldn't script it any better. And yeah, you were right. That championship set the tone, not just for the Patriots, but for the city of Boston, those Mm. three types like were a catalyst for the run that the city has had for the last 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 even that's even a bigger perspective than I I was thinking originally. So, yeah, that's that's true. I mean, I, I'm I know there's obviously no direct correlation, but definitely the Patriots kind of set the tone for what would become Title Town for a good 20, 15, 20 year period. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, if they don't get it started, uh, and the the Red Sox are the one who starts it. Maybe it comes off differently because, I mean, title ten obviously wouldn't happen because the Patriots won the metro the vast majority of the world championships. Literally. I mean, the Red Sox won uh, three of them, yes, but or no, they won four. four, four. I'm sorry, four, but the Bruins only won one, and the Celtics only won one. So yeah. if you if you take, I mean, the Patriots themselves won as many world titles as the other three combined. So if yep. I mean if you if you eliminate those or most of them, I, I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if you get title town being referred to as Boston 
or I'm sorry, vice versa. I don't think you get Boston being referred to as title town. If, if these, if the Patriots don't go on the incredible sort of 20 year run that they went on. So crazy to think about that. All right, Dan, let's move on to another one. Now, obviously with all the trips to the Super Bowl, you're most likely not going to win all of them. And the Patriots did not. They went six and three in the Brady Belichick era in Super Bowls. But the first two losses were incredibly painful. Not saying that the the third one, the loss to the Eagles, wasn't painful at all. It was. But I think the way that the first two games were lost, which is just insane plays late in the fourth quarter, and the fact that they were to the same team is what kind of put this team, put those moments over the top. So we're going to focus on one of them, the first one specifically. So the Brady Belichick first Super Bowl loss. Obviously, this is the year, 2008. The Patriots entered the game 18-0. and No team in NFL history had ever gone 18 and 0 in a to to date. The only team that had ever completed an undefeated season was the 1972 Dolphins. I think they finished with like a 13 or 14 and 0 record, something like that. They they had met, they didn't have a 16 game regular season. So they didn't have quite the grind that the Patriots did in in 2007 in the regular season. So the Pats enter the 2008 Super Bowl 18-0, trying to become the first team in NFL history to go 19-0. Now, as fate would have it, this game would come down to the final moments. And late in the fourth quarter, there was a play made by more or less a no-namer at the time, a wide receiver, more so special teamer, David Tyree, who made what would go on to be widely known as the helmet catch. So, a little backstory on Tyree for those who are not familiar with the name and who are having that memory regenerated in the mind. David Tyree was basically a glorified special teamer who came into the playoffs that year for the Giants with... Four catches for 35 yards, zero touchdowns as his season stat line. However, in the playoffs, he actually caught the Giants' first score of the of the game in the Super Bowl to put the Giants up 10 to 7 early in the fourth. So it's not like he didn't do anything whatsoever in the Super Bowl, in the lead-up to this catch. Now, after Tyree scores this touchdown, Giants go up 10-7 early in the fourth. Brady, Belichick, they march right down. Brady hits a, a pretty famous and widely known wide receiver by the name of Randy Moss for a go-ahead touchdown with two minutes and 42 seconds left in the game. So, the Giants... Now they're down 14 to 10. They are now marching down 
They know they can't settle for a field goal. They need a touchdown. On a third and five, with a minute and 15 seconds left to go in the Super Bowl, Eli Manning, quarterback for the Giants, he drops back. He somehow avoids being sacked by the jersey. Uh, I forget who it was. I was it. Oh, was it Richard Seymour that had him by the jersey? I think it was. Uh, I think it was Richard Seymour. Yeah, it it was someone that's like really, really. It was someone like at the top of that of that rush for I, sure. Yeah, I could I I could be wrong on who had him by the jersey, but Eli somehow escapes this. Basically, he gets twirled around, does a three sixty to to get loose of. The, of the New Jersey grab. And he hucks up an absolute prayer to David Tyree, who just so happens to be really the first person that Eli saw and the only one he found open. Tyree jumps up. He catches the ball, but he secures it against his own helmet with one hand after Patriots safety Rodney Harrison tried to knock it away but only was able to knock down Tyree's left hand. So Tyree uses his right hand to, to basically catch the ball against his own helmet while being tackled and having his left arm pulled back and somehow maintains possession to the ground to set up, give them a first down, which was just outside of the red zone with just under a minute left. I think it was 58 seconds left to be exact. The Giants go on to score a touchdown. I think it was Plaxico Burris who sc- or scored the it was the, the game winner in this one. Wow. Four wow. plays later to win the game. David Tyree, what did he do from that point on? Well, if if you're if you're asking that, the answer is he never did diddly shit ever again. He went back to being a nobody. He never caught another pass in the NFL after that Super Bowl game. Which is just crazy that somebody could just come out of the woodworks for one game, have two incredible catches, one for a touchdown in the fourth quarter and one to set up the game-winning touchdown late in the fourth quarter on the game-winning drive, and then go right back to being basically useless. It's it's crazy. I don't think – I think it's safe to say that you just never see that, uh, especially in this day and age. So, Dan, what if David Tyree doesn't make that catch? What if the helmet catch doesn't get completed? in the Super Bowl, and the Giants were stuck with fourth and five with a minute to go. Well, I'm telling you right now, if he does not catch that ball, the Giants lose. I know the Patriots offense, you know, did not look like it did, you know, in the regular season. Even towards the end of the regular season, you know, just overall, you know, like they barely won, barely won that last regular season game against said Giants. And, you know, so I can understand someone being like, well, 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 you know, 
they could have had a similar type of play on fourth and five. Well, I will say to you this. That play in of itself was a one in a trillion. Like when you watch <laughs> that play, and I, I know I like I sound like the biggest whatever. I don't care. That catch, when you watch it back, Ryan, you explained it very, very well, very eloquently. But when you watch that whole entire play from Eli scrambling, jerseys getting pulled, he's almost, you know, you're like almost like, oh, he's down, like, you know, blow the whistle, something. And then he just, he gets just enough space and he delivers that ball. And Tyree somehow, somehow, some way, Rodney Harrison, of all people, cannot get that ball loose. Of all people in the league, one of the most dangerous men in the league at that time could not break up that pass so that that doesn't go down i believe i believe the patriots win that game and that super bowl they go on to be 19 and 0 and 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 have that forever um i i really do like that game felt a lot like the 2011 game and that's a different you know topic for a different day but mm-hmm. just the way the offense struggled and the way the Giants, it just felt like they just they just had something going on defensively um, with Brady. They 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 had something uh, figured out, and they just they struck, you know, they struck lightning at the very the very uh, most perfect time that you possibly could. And the Patriots win that game, you know, nineteen to zero, their fourth title. And what would have been about six years? Um, that is, you know, you're already talking dynasty. That is just another level already because, you know, they go on to, you know, without the what if year, they go on to lose 07 and in 11. They don't win their fourth Super Bowl until 2015 against the, you know, the Legion of Boom, the Seattle Seahawks, which was a great, great win. But, if they had their fourth title in 07, I mean, I, who knows what the number would be right now uh, with that team. And I don't think they would have been unmotivated or demotivated at all because, like, at that point, once they, like, got to that point in 07, it felt like there was no turning back mm-hmm. in terms of we're contending every year. We are here. We're going we're gonna to milk this cow. And until until all the cows come home, I mean, come on. And at that point, Brady was Brady pretty much. Um, he had weapons, obviously, Welker, your Randy Moss. Um, you know, you still had a plethora, you know, of guys to throw to whatever. But I mean, at that point, he had the he broke the record for the most touchdowns uh, thrown in one season. Randy Moss had the record for the most uh, receiving touchdowns in one season. And it just looked so beautiful, and I don't think that motivation would have been lost. I don't. I think you can, you can kind of argue that off. Um, and because they those those guys at that point were so hyper motivated that it didn't matter. Like that that mountain would have been climbed, but they would have had the other mountains that they did climb. You know, winning five, winning six. Mm-hmm. Um, because like we saw it with even in a uh, 2017 18 season when. They lost to the Eagles and Brady had one of the best offensive performances a quarterback has ever had in that Super Bowl. And they benched their number one corner 
or arguably number two corner at that time, whatever. And they still came back the next year, hyper motivated to win in a similar fashion that they did in 01, running the ball, defense, what have you. They were willing to do whatever it took to win. So I just, I truly believe you win 07 and the, you know, the rocket ship just sort of, you know, blasts off again from there. You know, you don't have to wait until 15 like they did almost a 10 year. Yeah. A a 10 year gap in titles won. You know, that's what, you know, 07 and 11 caused was, you know, that big gap and like sort of like a two parts to the dynasty. You could have bridged that gap if you had won in 07, which I think I truly do. David Tyree does not make the catch of, of a millennium and, Mm. and they win. Yeah. If, if I remember correctly, uh, the NFL on NFL network, when they rated, like, I think it was when Super Bowl 50 came around, they rated like the greatest plays in Super Bowl history and the helmet catch. I'm pretty sure was number one because of the absurdity. Like you said, that involved every aspect of that play. I'm pretty sure that, I didn't even mention it. I'm pretty sure that Eli got drilled right after he released the ball. Like, like within a second of him throwing that ball, he got drilled. Yeah. So, so much in that one play had to go perfectly right. That if that it's just crazy to think that literally every aspect of it went the Giants' way on that play. Uh, as far as David Tyree is concerned, obviously he was a, a basically a, a no one. He he was a, a no namer before the Super Bowl, and if he doesn't make the catch, well, at least he caught the touchdown that put his team ahead in the fourth quarter, and he could he could at least ride home with that. But the fact that he then made the helmet catch, and it was down in history as one of the greatest catches in NFL history. Maybe one of the greatest, craziest moments in sports history. I obviously us as Patriots fans, we're gonna not, we're not exactly gonna, gonna sing the praises of greatest moment ever. But that being said, the fact that he went back to irrelevancy immediately following, never caught another pass in the NFL means that in terms of his. Uh, if, in terms of his career, the whether he not he makes that play, it it would not have mattered. He, he would have gone back to irrelevancy regardless whether he makes this incredible catch or not. Uh, so I think that's the the safest thing you can say about this is, regardless of whether he makes the catch or not, he's going back to irrelevancy because if that play can't put him on the map, if he can't find his feet and build it off of that that. Popu- crazy popularity and kind of build uh clear out some sort of niche in the Giants offense after after those plays then he was never going to so yeah. that's 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 for sure now so outside of those obvious ramifications I think that the biggest takeaway here and you you, you kind of alluded to it is what this moment had on the effect moment had and how it affected the the rematch Super Bowl 46 in 2012 yeah if 
if the Patriots win this game, right? If the Hellcats catch doesn't happen, the Patriots hang on. The the Giants aren't able to to get to the end zone. Patriots hang on. Well, like I said, that's now their fourth Super Bowl in six or seven years. And then now you've got a rematch between these two teams. Patriots would have finished that undefeated season. God only knows what the expectations would would have been for the following season. I mean, because nobody would have done what they would have done. But when you look forward and you fast forward to Super Bowl 46, the rematch, now if if the Patriots come in as the team that won the first meeting rather than the Giants, now you've got the Patriots who would, instead of looking for that fourth championship and revenge for 2008, revenge for the, the Giants ruining their perfect season, et cetera, et cetera, the Patriots would have been the top dogs. The Giants would have been the ones looking for revenge. The Giants would have had the moniker of, ah, Eli can't get the job done. The Giants the Giants are here again. The Patriots are, are once again standing in their way. They're not going to be able to get, get over the hump, blah, 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 blah. And I, I wonder how those mindsets, those altered mindsets would have impacted that game. Because the Patriots probably, uh, I I don't know if I can say, I don't even know if I can say probably. Would Dan? Would do you think the Patriots would have had like less pressure on them in the rematch if they had gotten the job done the first time around, or would they 100. have? Or would they have had more pressure on them because they got the job done? They. They completed that undefeated season, and now if they lose the second time around, what does that say? What do you think? They they would have had less pressure if they had 107 going into the 11 Super Bowl and Super Bowl 46 because just look at um, one of the biggest plays in that game that stands out to me is early on, very early on, it was one of the – it might have been the first drive for the Patriots. It was one of the very first ones. Brady – intentionally grounds too close to uh, the opposing goal line, uh, goal line and he gets called for uh, a safety. If mm. you recall, I mean, that type of brain fart does not happen. Um, but also, I like I remember leading up to that game, you know, all the talking heads, the all the media, the, the, the storyline was, you know, uh, do the Giants have the Patriots number? You know, it, it, are, are they going to make it two? You know, uh, two times over Brady and the Pats. You know that whole thing. Can, can the Pats, you know, get their revenge? Like you said, uh, for for losing in 08 and you know losing the perfect season. I and like like the Eli and Brady thing. Like that that whole thing was there. And that uh, Giants defense again was very good. And yeah, I, I do think they would have had less pressure had they 107 because if they had 107 going into that you still haven't lost a super bowl right and at that point you know they had won pretty much every super bowl up to that point by the skin of their teeth um so i just think that the pressure would have been would have been less it i just think that 
winning like a 19 and 0 season like that, that kind of confidence boost would have would have carried through for sure. Cause I I just think that at their level, the only sort of like, you know, stuff that can affect them, I think is when the outside pressure gets so ramped up and then they allow it to, you know, come within and affect them. And I think that's what happened, you know, in reality in 11. And I don't think that happens the same way. I think the giants are the ones getting hammered. Like, Oh, like they have another crack addict, you know, like it's just sort of like, Oh, like can someone beat the Patriots? I don't know. You know, instead of, Oh, you know, what's wrong with the Patriots and you know, just that whole thing. So also well, one more thing. If the Patriots win win in 07, Eli Manning is probably not going to be a Hall of Famer if if that were to happen. Mm. Now, well, what if what if he loses 2007 but he wins the rematch? Then then he probably gets in. Yeah. Cuz I I don't think it's a I don't think that if the Patriots had won the first matchup I don't think that that necessarily means that they turn around and win the second one. I think that the second, the the result of the first one just alters the mindset and the the storylines coming into the second one. Obviously, I, I I think I agree with you. I think you talked me into the fact that the Patriots would have had less pressure on them had they won the first go around. But I don't necessarily know it if that means that that would have resulted in a different result than what ha- what actually happened in Super Bowl 46 in the rematch. Uh, obviously, that one was another incredible finish, another incredible game. Uh, I think that one was the Mario Manningham catch, yeah, the was. deep bomb down the sideline. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know we're we're really bringing up some uh, some not Sorry. so great memories here. But, Hold on, uh, though that that throw, Ryan, that was actually like a a dime. That was an absolute dime by yes. Eli. That yeah. So we're we're not going to discredit him there. Uh, yeah. Certainly not. But I will kind of wrap up on this. I think that ultimately. If the Patriots win that fourth Super Bowl sooner and they win it there in 2007, uh, and they win it, and then now they've got four in six or seven years, whatever the number is, um, I think that realistically, that you could see them win even more Super Bowls. Maybe the gap doesn't, because if they, if they finish that undefeated season, yeah, obviously you're not going to be able to replicate that the following season. So there's going to be a some sort of hangover, most likely. But, and I think there there was to a degree the following year. Uh, I think that was the beginning of the end uh, for Randy Moss in town, mm-hmm. uh, and you started to see some of those mainstays starting to kind of uh, filter their way out, so to speak. But if they had won that one, they obviously would have kept the band together for as long as possible. And I think you would have seen maybe more Super Bowl appearances between 20, 
2007 and 2015, where they only had that between that first Super Bowl loss and the next Super Bowl win in 2015. They only had that one appearance against the, the rematch against the Giants in uh, 2011. But if they win that first one and they they go they they go to four and zero in Super Bowls oh. under Brady Belichick, they go to, they finish a undefeated season 19 and zero. I I I think that they would have made it back to a Super Bowl quicker. Maybe they win it. Maybe they don't. But I think they would have actually made another Super Bowl, maybe even two, in that time frame. And it would have been just as it would the the numbers would have been even dumber than they already are for the Brady Belichick era. Um, so that's that's what I would that's what I would wrap up on. I think the I don't think that the I don't think that the 2007 game, the result of that, I don't think it impacts the result of the 2011 rematch, but it definitely plays a part on the mindset for each team, the storylines going in, and how much pressure was on each team. Absolutely. All right. And our last what if for this episode will be in regards to Jimmy Garoppolo. So, Jimmy G. Jimmy G was drafted in 2014 by the Patriots. They hadn't really had a... uh, I don't want to say successor at this point, but they had struggled outside of maybe Matt Castle to find a reliable backup in the event of a of a Brady injury, suspension, what have you. New England was coming off a 12 and 4 season in 2013 that ended in a loss to Peyton Manning and the Denver Broncos in the AFC Championship game, which I'm pretty sure was played in Denver that year, if I remember correctly. That was the year that Denver went on to the Super Bowl and got a I think annihilated by Seattle in the Legion of yep. Boom. Uh, well, they so the Patriots fell just short of another Super Bowl. Brady was definitely starting to get up there in age, but with Ryan Mallett as the backup quarterback still in town, drafting another quarterback when the team definitely had some other needs at the time to address, it came as a bit of a surprise to most in the industry a lot of fans as well. Garoppolo was the highest quarterback the Pats had taken since, you guessed it, Drew Bledsoe. And they had never had, but they never really had much of a chance to start Garoppolo because, you know, Brady's still at the helm. And he was there the entirety of Garoppolo's stay. So with limited opportunities and no clear cut like path to getting playing time in New England, ultimately there and there's conflicting reports, sentiments on who said what, who who believed this or that. But ultimately the Patriots ended up trading Jimmy Garoppolo to the 49ers. Uh, I think they got like a second round pick. Second round, yeah, yeah. 
an early second round pick is I believe what they got uh, in return for Jimmy G and Jimmy G went on to lead the 49ers to a Super Bowl. Obviously he fell short with the fourth quarter collapse to the chiefs that year, but he has been now, obviously I am not a Jimmy G stand. I don't think he's a good quarterback, but I think he's a pretty good game manager unless a at a minimum he's a solid quarterback nonetheless and he's a winner and I think he got that from New England his time in New England but the question becomes Dan what if the Pats didn't draft Jimmy G in 2014 what if somebody else rolled the dice on him and he came up in a different system a different culture would would he have would he have had success with all the playing time that he most likely would have gotten with another organization? Like, what what do you think? Yeah, so this one is uh, a little tricky. Um, I, so I think Jimmy G, no matter what, um, was kind of close to NFL ready and you know, came out of Eastern Carolina, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, Belichick obviously saw something in him. And um, and when we saw that first flash of him, when Brady was uh, suspended, he looked he looked amazing before he, he got hurt. And I think he hurt his AC joint in the Miami game that he played in. But and he had the ability, I think he was going to get, you know, unless he went to just a horrible, horrible organization at, at that time, especially like the Browns. But um, I do think Jimmy G would have had um, er- early success, if that makes sense. Like similar to like how he had early success with San Fran uh, when he got traded there. Like you mentioned, getting to a Super Bowl, you know, being in it, you know, I mean, if he hits Emmanuel Sanders in that game, uh, they, they might win. Um, but anyways, he he had the ability and even when he left when he when he's been healthy he's been pretty good obviously he's been banged up a lot since but the early success i think would have been there like you know could have been to you know the playoffs could have been a pro bowler um and all that stuff i i do believe that i don't think it was i don't think it was hinging on whether he was here uh with this culture or not obviously i think that helped but I will say, I don't think his success would have lasted um, no matter where he was, no matter what Belichick did, um, if he was here. I think he, it just, the track record kind of shows it. He can't really stay healthy. He's, or he doesn't have, you know, the toughness at times to to play through. I think we saw that, like Edelman was on a, a podcast just within the last like two months and basically called Garoppolo a bitch for not playing through uh, his injury <laughs> back when uh, Jacoby Brissett had to take over for Garoppolo uh, when Brady was suspended. I mean, he like basically said, yeah, like us, you know, the guys like kind of thought he was being a bitch, but not playing. Like they thought he could have played through that injury. And apparently Jacoby Brissett ended up playing through like a, like a torn ligament in his thumb or, or something like that. Yep. So like, so like it doesn't look good on Garoppolo for that. Um, so I don't know if he would have been able to hold a locker room A and B 
been tough enough to make it through full seasons back to back to back. He's shown it now that he can't do it. And back then, you know, maybe he gets lucky and is able to get through one or two. But I mean, the guy started like, you know, the second game he was in as a Patriot, you know, the dude, you know, hurts his AC joint and then can't play in the next game. Like it just like right away, you saw it. And I think that would have been a theme for his career. But again, I'll say this, Ryan, early success. He would have had it if he, you know, barring health, because I think the the talent was just you saw it in that Miami game for sure. I mean, it it looked legit. Mm-hmm. I think if the Pats had passed on him, who knows where he would have landed? That it's that's impossible to really say. You could go back and look at who who was looking for quarterbacks back then, and who, where he may have potentially landed on, but. Who knows where he would have gone. But I can say this. I Even though I, I think his development would not have been as good as it was in New England. Obviously, that coaching staff, that culture there is one of the best. And he would not have gotten to sit under Tom Brady's learning tree for all those years. So that's obviously a net negative. But... I think that some of that would have been mitigated by all the the extensive, the far more on-field opportunities and the ability to play right away and yeah. kind of learn on the fly rather than just learning on the practice field, learning in the film room, sitting behind Brady, getting some preseason work, late game work and blowouts, and that's it. Maybe, Maybe if he had if he had been able to kind of learn and make those mistakes on the field uh, and, and kind of live and learn on the field rather than on the practice field, uh, maybe, maybe he's even better than he is because he gets to kind of to live and learn, but he didn't have that chance because he ended up with the Patriots because they thought that maybe he would be the guy to, to succeed Brady. Obviously that didn't pan out, but it's really tough to say. I can say this though, the bag that he got from San Francisco, once he got traded there, I don't think he gets anywhere near that kind of money. If Mm. he goes somewhere else first and doesn't blow doors, like if he doesn't like come out of the gates and have it like big time success. He doesn't even have to like, he doesn't even have to have like, like blow you away in the stats department, but he has to be a winner and he has to, to win, win, win. Obviously if he goes to another team that's playing him right away, they're probably not a winner. So I don't think Jimmy G would have been good enough, especially as a rookie or second, third year quarterback to turn a losing organization around just by inserting him into the lineup. So I think that there would have been a lot more growing pains there. You would have seen his flaws exposed a lot quicker in his career. And the, the kind of the, the, like the, the game plan, the scouting report on him, 
would have been out there far earlier. And I don't know if anyone would really have offered him the type of money that San Francisco did, which they seemingly did simply because, A, when he was on the field, he showed that he was very much capable, played very well outside of the one time that he got the keys to the car. He kind of drove it off road and injured himself. Uh, yep. But he had, he had in his limited opportunities, he had always shown out. If he gets that opportunity right away and he doesn't show out all the time or turn around an organization from a, a loser to a winner, he's not getting that money. He is not getting 26, $27 million a year to be somebody's quarterback. Not, not unless he turns an, an entire organization around. And that was basically what the 49ers thought he would do for them. And that's kind of what he did. It, it wasn't, and it wasn't the stats. It was just simple game managing is all the 49ers needed at the quarterback position. And that's what he gave them. And that's why they were able to get to that Super Bowl. But he wasn't good enough to get them over that hump and actually win them a game that mattered. Yeah. And that's that's been Jimmy G's kind of narrative, is that he's a guy that can lead your team to wins, but he cannot go out there and actually win the game with his arm. He will lead a team to victory simply by managing and not making mistakes and making the the, the safe, correct play nine times out of ten. But if you need him to step up and actually make plays to win a game, whether it's come from behind or tie ball game, whatever, he can't do it. And I just don't think that narrative would have changed whether he got a starting gig right off the rip or not. So I think that Jimmy G probably is close to the quarterback that he is today if he's not on the Patriots, but he would not have been. I don't think the narrative would have changed on the sort of type of quarterback that he is, the, the, the game manager, but I think that he wouldn't have been as much of a winner as everyone perceived him to be having sat in the Patriots QB room for so long and having succeeded with his limited opportunities. I just think that he would have had a lot more trouble trying to turn around a team as the lead act. Uh, I so agree. I, I think that's that's where I stand on that one. I got, I got one thing I got to say. I think that, and I'm could be totally wrong. It's mostly just like a personal belief. Mm-hmm. Um, if the Pats don't draft Jimmy G specifically where they drafted him. Yeah. And I'll I'll explain why I believe Tom Brady would still be a new England Patriot today. I, I truly do believe that. Uh, Okay. Go ahead with it. I just, we got to go back to that time and um, the pick. So where they took Garoppolo specifically, it was a higher pick they were, were they were sort of coming off 
you know, a couple tough seasons. You know, Brady's looking whatever, you know, a, a little bit worse. The offense isn't looking that great. Obviously, they transitioned away from, like, Welker and whatnot. And, you know, and um, I think Gronk was hurt in 13. Yeah, Gronk tours ACL in 13. And, um, and so I think with that, Brady's age, you even heard Belichick. Belichick is quoted as saying at that time, after they drafted Jimmy G, he was asked about it. And, you know, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but he said, well, we all know Tom's age and contract situation. Like, oh, are you shitting me? Like, to say that mm. uh, at that time, like, you, like you, like Brady heard that he knows that he knows why he drafted Jimmy G, and obviously that probably you know just another little fire under Brady's ass. Um, but also, I think it probably started the resentment between those two. If it already hadn't, you know, started, you know, the seeds weren't already sort of planted, they may have been. But that, I'm sorry, that would have, if I'm Tom Brady, that would have pissed me the fuck off. I'm sorry. That would have been such a, such a red flag in my mind. Like, what? Like, what are we doing here? Like, Mm -hmm. why? Why would you do that? Why would you even say that to the media? The Pats are known. We don't give the media anything. We don't, you know, oh, yeah, we're all good. Yep, doing what's best for the team, blah, 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 blah. Bill Belichick, all that. That's what they do. And then, like, for you to do that, like, that's such a slap in the face. And mm-hmm. I just think that sort of started the whole, you know, that little just resentment between those two. And, uh, you know, Brady had, like, a down year, sort of. And Belichick said, yeah, I'm going to draft a quarterback, you know, in the third round, whatever. You know, 19. 19, Brady doesn't have, you know, the best of years, whatever. Early exit. And it's like, oh, we can give you, like, 15 million that's it it's like what what you know (laughs) total another boom all right well you weren't that great so we're gonna pay you like nothing i mean just total like belichick just sort of you know wagged himself over there and you know kind of being a prick and i i think that like if you're the face of a franchise how does that you know the stuff from 13 or 14 whatever went when they drafted Jimmy G, how does that not boil your blood if you are the face of a, you know, humongous franchise that has been supremely successful in the last 10 plus years with you at the helm? And like you thought this, you know, you think this guy's your partner, sort of, you know, like whatever. You, you may not be best friends, but you're for better or worse, head coach and quarterback, you, that's a marriage. And like that is such a slap in the face to that man. And I truly think that just mm, that was the seed that that truly planted the just the the fu mentality that they developed for each other at the end you know mm-hmm. yeah i'm uh i'm right there with you it's that's another aspect that we could we could just go off on a severe tangent on uh off of this one because it's true it, it has a direct correlation to to brady because if if oh, yeah. he's if he's there, uh, if if Garoppolo isn't taken, maybe then that means that Kraft sides with Brady, and then maybe Belichick is like, "Well, f this shit, <laughs> I'm out." He gets flashes back of like Bill, of like Bill Parcells, like oh, yeah. Fuck. So there are, there are so many, there are just so many tangents 
that that could go on. And that's the kind of the point of this. What if series is where, what, how many tangents can we think of where if this one event didn't take place the way it happened, what, where would it have most likely gone, but what are all the possibilities here? So yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I think everyone would have preferred to keep Tom Brady in town for the entirety of his career and for him to kind of walk away and move on from the team before the end of his career was a, a tough pill to swallow for many of us Patriots fans. Still doesn't feel real, honestly. Yeah. But I think that's going to do it for V2 Part 3 of <laughs> Four, five. What If series. Uh, make sure... You stay tuned. We will have one final installment of this round of what ifs. So we will see you at V2 part four of our what if series. So for Dan Sadik, I'm Ryan Brown. We will see you next time.